watching. Oh, stop trying to bond with your ma over this nonsense. I'm trying to bond with Yeah, look, she's trying to um, She was like, because I was talking to her, she was like, oh, I'm watching. I'll I... just do this to my ma when I see her. Fuck you! You ruined me life! <laughs> it's called, called The Midwife. Have you ever watched it? Absolutely not. Set in the 50s. Sounds, why? Horrific. Yeah, because people in the 50s Horrific. get hurt. There's this one family and they had 25 children. Sounds about right for it's the in, time. It's set in London, I think. I think it's London. Were they and fucking uh, imported Catholics? No, she was Spanish and he was English, but this a lot is, of them. Catholic. But a lot of them are Catholic, yeah. And it's just horrific. And I was like, I can't look at any more babies coming out of vaginas. Did they show them? Oh, they showed there was this one part, and this woman had a breech baby. Oh, and she was like pulling the baby out, and I was like, I can't fucking do this. I can't do this. And this is the one where it was a stillborn. Horrific, awful women. This one woman had a syphilis, 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 syphilitic, 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 uh, tumor, lump on her vag. And yep. you showed it. Yeah. Why are you watching this? Do you know something? I was like, this is shite. Seven episodes in, I continue to watch it. <laughs> There's a great, a great. Well, I hope it's going to be a great movie. Um, by director Charlie Kaufman. Called I'm thinking of ending things. It's going to be on Netflix tomorrow. So this is the f- so the fourth of September. This it'll be out on this before this goes out. Um, it's based on a novel called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and it's fuck the book is insane. I read it a while ago, and I didn't know Charlie Kaufman was making the movie, but I cannot fucking wait. So watch that. Have it's going to be amazing. Okay. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about because oh. it's too it's too much of a head fuck. But Tony Collette is in it. Oh, well, she's in love, everything that's good. I love Tony Collette. And also, that guy that was in Breaking Bad that shot the kid, who I love. He goes out with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, him. He's in it as well. I love him. I always so. think she looks like Billy Corgan with There's long There's some hair. in this house. Doesn't does, she? She does. She absolutely does. It's the teeth. teeth. It's the teeth. She's beautiful. Billy Corgan, the mic- make a, Billy the, Corgan the, make a beautiful woman. The Michael Fassbender teeth. And a Shark sh- mouth. A, a shit lead singer. No, my name is... I love Smashbuckins. Um, Welcome to Murder by Starish. Welcome to episode 15 of Murder Most Irish. But it's not called Murder Most Irish this week. It's called Murder Most International. Oh yeah, tell the the story. The story that uh, Flavio sent you. Oh, okay. So she shit this. I'm very terrible. My boyfriend, my boyfriend sent me a story. How do you say boyfriend in Portuguese? Numerado. 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 He sent me this thing. This is not how we talk. John sounds exactly like <laughs> that. Exactly they say, hello, Emma, you beautiful woman. El <laughs> uh, <El> guapo. <laughs> That's Spanish. <laughs> We're just fucking making up all the language. Okay, so he sent me this Twitter thread, okay? Yeah. Read this. It's quite long, but I'll get through it as quickly as possible. From this person on Twitter called Cringe Control. Cringe Control. Cringe Control. So... Brazil just had the biggest and wildest political scandal in the history of planet fucking Earth and it does not involve any of the people you think would be involved in such a scandal. So it doesn't involve Berlioska. Doesn't. <laughs> You're just... <laughs> Sarah says words that sound like a foreign language. <laughs> um, hold on, I just have to open it up on it. <laughs> that was good, but wasn't it? So, okay. This is Flordeles. Okay, so this is her. Oh, wow, she's gorgeous. She's a Brazilian gospel singer, congresswoman, and as we just found out this week, murderer and cult leader. What? She became relatively famous in the 90s by creating this image of a saintly evangelical woman around her. She had three biological children and had adopted five teenagers. Okay? Three biological, adopted five teenagers. One of these teenagers, you have to remember this, is Anderson do Carmo, who will go on to become an evangelical pastor. Keep that in mind. So she okay. adopted a kid called this and he became on to be a pastor, right? Okay. These are her A kids. So why A kids? After a while, she started getting involved with social causes and adopted a bunch of new kids, getting to the number of 55 adopted children. What? The other 50 children are the B kids. So she has her A kids, which are her three and two. Two. Right? And then her B kids are these other 50 kids that she adopted. Where did they live? 
in this massive truck and she she's worth a fortune. So back in the 90s, early 2000s, there were rumours going around that she was actually kidnapping the children. But her whole good, godly woman facade was absolutely Oscar-worthy. So the rumours only made her more famous and beloved. She became so famous and beloved, in fact, that it became a fucking movie in 2009. Flordellis, It Takes But One World to Change, is the name of the movie. I want to watch it. That so wasn't, bad. Yeah, that wasn't some B-movie shit either. Those are all some of the biggest names in Brazilian cinema and television. The movie was huge. All of the profit from the movie actually went to Flordellis to help her take care of her 58 children, with the actors even refusing to get paid for it. That's how much everyone believed in her good godly woman shtick back then. After the movie, she released some gospel songs, which I need to listen to, and became instant hits on every platform. Now, here's where things start getting weird. On the left, we have Flordellis and her biological daughter. That's her and her biological daughter, right? Okay. Simone. Simone entered a relationship with Anderson de Carmo, her <gasps> adopted brother. So her daughter and him got into a relationship, okay. okay? When they were teenagers. So he was adopted. She was her actual biological daughter. They okay. got together. On the right, we have an older Anderson de Carmo. So that's her son. Yeah. And Flordellis. If that pose seems a bit suggestive. So They're banging! It's because after they became adults, Anderson broke up with Simone so he could marry his own mother-in-law, his own mother. So he married her. Broke up with his sister and married his mother. <laughs> there were some rumours that things were unusual between the three of them, with some followers. Reminder that Flordellis was, is a successful gospel singer and Anderson was a successful evangelical minister, allegedly seeing all three of them coming out of the bedroom in towels. Um, and that the couple frequented swing, swing houses, so, so swinger okay. clubs. But these rumours aren't important. So, Flordellis and Anderson got married, she married her son, and Anderson began to take care of the family finances, eventually becoming the one who controlled all of the family m- money. He went on to become a really su- successful evangelical pastor along with Flordellis, and the couple became, became the power couple in the Brazilian evangelical circles. She's here, a female Woody Allen. She's fucking lunatic, but here's where things started getting darker. Even worse. Mm-hmm. While the biological kids and the first five adopted kids had pretty good lives, so remember the A kids? The bee kids lived in squalor, reportedly eating old pasta with sausages and dry bread every single day. One of her sons told the media about an initiation process he went through when he joined the family, where he spent days dressed in white and locked in a room eating only rice and vegetables. He alleges that they used their own blood to write psalms, and after that, uh, he was purified from the mundane world by sleeping with her dad. <gasps> so she was adopting these children and making them have sex with her. Now, with the setup out of the way, we finally reach the actual scandal. So there's more. So it is 2019 and Anderson wanted a divorce. So her husband's son wanted to divorce her. Okay. He didn't want to do it anymore. We don't know his exact reasons, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was due to everything I just wrote. But for Dallas was obviously against the idea. Her reasoning can be divided in three parts. The financial reason, the, the probable actual reason, and the reason she gave the police when shit hit the fan. The financial reason, if they got divorced, Anderson would take half of the family's fortune, which in Flordellis and the A-Kids' mind seemed unfair. The probable actual reason, Anderson de Carmo was an influential evangelical minister. Flordellis had built her image of a good, godly woman for the past 20 years, but she, she'd just been elected a federal congresswoman for the state of Rio de Janeiro, being the most voted woman in the state. Wow. Uh, they were the evangelical power couple of Brazil. Some real naive people in yeah. Brazil, isn't it? So the actual reason she told the police... Getting a divorce, especially between such a high-profile Christian couple such as they were, would scandalise God. So obviously she would rather find a less offensive solution to the situation. So Flordellis, <clears throat> along with Simone, that was the girl that he... Her sister, yeah, her daughter. Her daughter, Anderson's sister and ex-girlfriend, this is so fucking weird, who began to resent him according to some sources, tried to poison Anderson by spiking his drinks. They ended up poisoning a bunch of her children and his siblings in the process, but no one actually died. So they started poisoning everything. To Jesus. Kill him. Yeah. Turns out they didn't have to bother poisoning Anderson as later that year he got robbed and murdered in, in Rio de Janeiro on June 16th. The murder instantly became national news. It was all people talked about for weeks, even the chaotic environment of the late 10s, early 20s, Brazil, Brazilian products, uh, politics. The murder of a federal congressperson's partner was huge news. News and social media alike were abuzz with theories of political conspiracy and persecution and assassination. Flordellis gave an interview during her son-husband's funeral, weeping, begging for justice to be done. I watched this video. She's impressive. Oh, really? I will believe her, yeah. Fast forward to 2020, this very week. The case has pretty much been forgotten by the wider public. The maelstrom of wild, fast-paced plots that is the Brazilian political landscape 
um, forced people to forget about Flordellis and her murdered husband, son, ex-son-in-law, it's so fucking weird, until there was a breakthrough. By accessing the phones of Anderson's immediate family, police found out that not only did Simone try to, so Simone is his ex-girlfriend, try to poison Anderson, not only were all of the A-kids plotting to kill the dude, but the man who murdered Anderson was not a rob- robber at all, but rather a hitman hired by, hired by, by Flordellis. Long story short, Fredalos, gospel singer, social activist, federal congressman, mother of 58 children and a cult leader, is now in custody of the police along with her daughter Simone. Two of her other 56 children, uh, living children who were also arrested after Anderson's assassination but for unrelated causes, domestic abuse and drug trafficking. Oh my God. And that's where the story is as of the 26th of the age. Holy shit. But I was talking to Flavio about it and he said to me he's pretty sure she's going to get away with it because she's um, friends with Bolsonaro. She's friends with the president. She's friends with Berliosco and his sons. So they think, isn't that fucking nuts? That's crazy. That's the end of this week's podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening. We can cut all that out. But I just wanted to tell no, you the story. No, that anyway. was like such a good story. <laughs> mm. Holy shit. So I'm still like Googling, trying to see if anything has happened, but I'm pretty sure she's going to get away with it. Do you think so? Yeah, 100%. Such a good story. Craziness. So good. Craziness. Um, There's a man's voice in the room. What was that? Oh, oh yes. Man. There's a man's voice because we have Colin here. He's going to do, he's going to be a very special guest. I said, it was a man's voice because Sarah Jane has a cold. <laughs> no. It was a man's voice because Colin is here and he's going to do, an, uh, do a story for us. Yes, I've been browbeaten into, into coming into the He's got his cue cards. Jesus, Colin. How many cue cards have I, I have 30 cue cards, but I write really big. So like, you know, there's like Is probably, it cohesive or is it points? It, well, this is all cohesive. Do you know this entire story? He does. I do, yeah. I said to him today, uh, if there's any, if we ask you a question and you don't know, we'll, we'll cut it out. You went. I will, I will know. know it. I fucking will know it. I'll know it before you fucking ask it. Do you know what? I have a tendency to do both. I have a tendency just to answer, even though I don't know the answer. Oh, a pathological error like me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, you know exactly yeah. what that is. Yeah. I have no clue. Like someone asked me today why blue bottles are called blue bottles. I made up total <laughs> absolute nonsense. What was it that you said? I said it's because they kind of have a blue you. Oh. Um, I think that's true. No, it's not. What is it? It's to do with the pods that they live in. Why are blue bottles... Why eight? I can't spell in lock lots. Blue bottles. Why are blue bottles blue? blue. <laughs> Why are blue bottles... Blue bottles called blue bottles. Can I have a guess so first? Blue bottles comprise the four... Oh, it's too boring. Can I, can I have a guess first? Go. I think blue bottles are blue because all of their organs are in a tiny little sack inside in them because they're so small that the... That stuff pumps the blood, pumps around in a little thing, and the rest of the body has no blood, so it's blue. That's because it's metallic blue colour color on its abdomen. Oh, right. Oh, it could be that. Well, then as well. there we go. Hmm? Well, I said it because it's, it's, it's blue hole, is exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> well, what's the bottle bit? Do you know actually who asked me? Hey. Lily. Oh, and you said to your five-year-old child, it's because the hole is blue. Sometimes. There was a blue bottle in her room, and um, she was like, Hey, Mammy, why are you yeah. called blue bottle? Because it's our soul's blue. Go to bed. I did There was a blue bottle in her room, and she was like, Daddy, Daddy, there's a bee, there's a bee, there's a bee. And right. so Graham went in, and he was like, It's not a bee, it's a blue bottle. And then she was like, What's a blue bottle? And Graham was like, A fly. And then, come to think about it, I was like, why would she know what a blue ball is unless she's ever encountered she's one? Not, she's not going to know. Yeah. It's like, so why are they the called next... daddy long legs? Fucking men! What? Daddy long legs? Can I do the housekeeping thing this week? Yeah. Go. Any housekeeping? Housekeeping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you to everybody that has sent us lovely messages. Uh, especially to Keelan. Keelan messaged me the other day to tell me that she plays the podcast when she's tattooing people. Aww. And a lot of people have been like, oh my God, what's this? And she's been telling them. So honestly, Keelan got us so many followers when we started. Keelan, out. we're giving you no money. If you want to give us money to sponsorship your tattoo shop, Keelan, we'll absolutely do that. Tattoos for free. Um, <laughs> I'm getting tattooed from Keelan on the 23rd. For free. Yeah, for free, Keelan. <laughs> Not a penny. Um, but you yeah, know, Keelan's so good. And I feel sorry for those people that are getting like, Put through pain and, and listen, listen to, to us. us. Fucking whittle on in the background. Oh, Evan! Evan, Evan from the wonderful friends of Dorothy podcast. Who's on the Candy Warhol? Candy, Candy Warhol. Fantastic. Uh, Evan sent us a gift. He sent us a serial killer coloring book, which I've never seen before, which is fantastic. So thank you so, so much. We really appreciate and it. And we're going to ask Evan to come on the show. We're going to do an episode with Evan, hopefully, if everything kind of goes according to plan. 
Socially distant. Socially distant episode from <laughs> Evan. Where's Evan now? Evan's from Cork. He's in, in Cork. Cork. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cork. We'll get the squad cast going. I want to do squad cast we'll and zooms co- and be a real And boy. also, thank mm. you to Colin, who every, every single week fucking puts this together and gets rid of our nonsense and makes us sound great. And we really fucking appreciate it. So Polly, are we do. really difficult to manage? Are we no, I've, I found out this week it's it's very, very hard to keep your... Like, I'm, I'm impressed about how you guys can put an, an hour and a half episode together and I don't have to cut that much out of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, quantifiably <laughs> speaking, well, I, I never have to go that much out The stuff we have to cut out is usually when I say horrendous things that you think is going to get us cancelled. Or I say horrendous things. Or you things say horrendous things. Good. Or we mention people's like full names and addresses. And we're like, cut that out. Cut and that sometimes out. I notice something then and I, I send it to you guys and... Colin's like, and do you want to like, cut, uh, cut, cut this out? And I'm out? like, yeah, cut it out. <laughs> um, yeah, usually it's like, no, leave it in. Uh, he fucking deserves it. <laughs> usually if, if you're questioning it, we're like, oh shit, if Colin's questioning it, we were. Cut it out, cut, cut it out. Colin, how was your week? My week was the same week as it always been. It just it's pacing around the room, waiting for something off Amazon. Worrying if Craig is still alive because they're letting customers into the shop now. Oh, Worrying if the customers are still alive because yeah, they sent yeah, something yeah, to Craig. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's just a, an endless cycle. Like, it, like Coming I'm, over to me with a yellow smile. This is it. What's a big yellow, yellow smile, smile from it. It's banana. a little banana. Did you text your manager today that you had a yellow and smile? It like, if, it's, if it's got like black bits on it, it's a black tooth grin. I'm outside with a yellow, with a yellow smile. smile. And for anyone, a yellow smile is what yeah, Colin calls, calls bananas. bananas. Yeah. yeah. Did you text your mother today saying I'm outside with a yellow smile? I didn't. She, she, she was like, Are you on drugs? <laughs> and I was like, No. <laughs> These drugs are for Emma. <laughs> I ate all the strawberries. Even the green ones. The green. The green ones. and horrible So Craigie has to deal with customers now. Craigie has to deal with customers now. Um. Oh. He hasn't had too many people giving out shit about the masks. Okay. I think they're, they're too they're caught up in what the... You no, know, they're not being sound. They're just not oh. saying shit about the masks. They're like, yeah, do this colour, yeah. Your guy's like, what colour? And he's like, the one here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, um, night new to Berlin. Graham went to McDonald's today and a woman tried to come in with a mask. Well, Without a mask. mask. And security was like, you can't come in here. And Graham said she went... Ballistic. Fucking nuts. Mad. She was like, Mad. there's people over there eating and they're not wearing masks. And he was like, I'm not even getting into the detail of this. Yeah. How can they, they eat with a mask, mask on, Margaret? You yeah. fucking thick. Karen. Karen. This is a thorough way you're standing on right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mask zone over there where the kids are eating their chicken fucking Dipping into their manky curry. Manky cold McDonald's curry, which yeah, I don't understand. McDonald's curry? I don't understand do, it. McDonald's do a curry sauce right. that's a dip and it's cold. Ugh, people are mad fuck. for it. Yeah, but it's like a, it's like mango chutney. It except is kind of like mango chutney. I yeah. love a mango chutney. A chutney. 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 A chutney. I don't I, I do like a mango chutney. I do, I do. Chicken korma and a mango chutney and a naan. <laughs> he drinks mango chutney from Supermax. He drinks mango chutney from McDonald's. Colin, yeah. remember them? They were a bit odd. Oh, Danny boy. Colin. Yes. Supermax. Supermax. It's great. Supermax is great, yeah. But it's kind of like. I understand. Sarah, will you please let me bring you to Supermax and we'll get a chicken filler burger. And... Supermax don't sponsor this fucking episode. Supermax. <laughs> sponsor you know what? Supermax is like the Eeyore of uh, restaurants in Dublin. Oh, fast food restaurants. <laughs> They've just given up. Yeah, like, even the chips, delicious. like the chips are going. Like, Hold on a second, they're fucking delicious. They're Hold delicious. on, Graham said to me the last time he listened to the, that episode. Yeah, Graham said you have had a supermax. When did you have a supermax? He said we went to a wedding and before we when we got to the wedding we were too early and there was supermax in the garden. You went and got supermax. And I said did I like it? He said no, you didn't. Of course you didn't. But did you get a chicken filler burger? Though? No, I got southern fried chicken. Listen, thingy. don't get that. Come. Okay. You can bring me wherever you want. Do you know what? If you're getting the sudden fried chicken, get the little tub of curry and dump the sudden fried chicken into the curry. Do and they go, nice. do curry as well? They do. They do nice curry. That's the only reason to go in. You go to supermax when you go to Houston Station. Houston Station, well, point, yeah. point in the supermax. Yeah, I, 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 I sit and I drink the curry out of the oh, little. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Do you not do that? Colin does this thing where he drinks, right? Because I just... Not anymore. He still not do it. made a show of me. Everything he drinks, Never again. he slushes it through. So he's got 
Voilà. I used to that, that's why I, I used to do it when I was younger in college like, like that's why I have fucking stop I, it I, I have meth teeth because of it you don't have meth <laughs> it's not because of the meth no stop. no no it's because of the, it's because she shouldn't fanta around my mouth oh <laughs> just that why none of us do meth I don't know I have really shit teeth because um, your parents I'm, because of my parents, yeah. because I was really sick a lot as a kid, my mum used to do that thing where she boiled disparate mm. and 7-Up. And I, like, my teeth are rotten from it. This. Comment does that before he goes to work. Emma he takes a dispy Emma, drink, he takes a dispy Emma drink. Emma doesn't realise. He takes a dispy drink, he takes a dispy drink. When you have a headache, yeah. you take a dispy drink. And, like, and also, the minute the packet comes out, I was like, heretics into dispy Oh, Jesus, oh, pump your you know, stomach, he's you know addicted to dispy drink. My sister has a salpidine addiction. You don't need salpidine, you need the love of Jesus Christ. Did you ever say prayers? Never. I used to say prayers all the time. God bless mammy. Don't Before you went to bed. Don't God bless Daddy. Fuck him. God bless Nanny. <laughs> God bless Yvonne and Becky. And I hope I get a bike for Christmas. <laughs> there were my prayers. Really? Yeah, we said prayers every night when we were And what did you say about loud? Oh, no. You'd be like in bed. Like, <laughs> like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> and I'd be like, say prayers. I'm like, yeah. And especially Never. coming up to Christmas. The prayers went full force coming up to Christmas. Well, like, I want this shit. No, just being like, oh, God bless everyone. And, uh, you know, just being really nice about everything. Oh, God bless my neighbour up the road. Looking. God bless the cats. Yeah. So I had to... I, don't, I think Santa's jurisdiction is out of prayers. Can I Does tell you a story about one of my ears? What happened to your ears? This ear, for some reason, whatever it is, I don't know, my mum is the same, keeps getting infected when I put earrings in. Just this ear. You used to have a thing where if you spat in your ear, you get really annoyed about it. How would you not get annoyed about that? I don't know. Spitting <laughs> in your ear, Colin. People, people of my genre of human enjoy being spat on. No, Colin. Especially the ears. No. In, in sex? No, no, just in, on the streets. In life. <laughs> on the streets, that's he'd right. Or you'd see the thing where he'd be like, King Concert, going to the King Concert, and he'd like drape himself over me and start doing Woo! Not the King Concert, get the fuck off me. Who yeah. the fuck wants to go to a King Concert? Apparently, Colin does. Do, 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 do. Emma's like, I go to the King concert. I have yeah, never said that. I don't know, it was just something, it was, it was theoretical. Colin thinks I want to go to a King concert and he also thinks I'm obsessed with this movie called... Tilly and the Wall. I don't even no, think it's, it's a... a <laughs> it's not a film. No and the Whale. Not. It's, a, no, it's, it's a... Tilly and the Whale. Tilly and the Whale? <laughs> the Whale on the Wall. Every time we go to... Wheelie, wheelie, wheelie. What wall, movie yeah. are you watching? He says me this movie. Hold on, I'm going to get the name of it. Jeff Bridges. No, what's it again? And the DVD ended up in our house. What's the name of that guy from Dumb and Dumber? Um, Jim Carrey. No, what about Jeff? Um, Jeff Bridges. No, Jeff. Jeff. Hold on. The Bridges of Madison County. I have to get the name of this movie because every time I talk about a film, I'm like, I'm watching the fucking that movie. I'm like, I'm not watching that movie. I've never even seen that film. You had the fucking DVD. No, I didn't call it. It was in the house. It was on top of the t- to telly. Jeff Daniels. Jack, Jack Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Ah. I get the name of this film now. Every fucking time I talk about any film, Colin is like, you watching that movie? <laughs> the Squid and the Fucking Whale. The Squid and the Whale. Every time. <laughs> was Jeff Bridges... He's like, what movie are you watching? Squid and the Whale. I'm like, I've never seen this film. Was Jeff Bridges one of the people who was in trouble for things they shouldn't have been doing? No. no. Okay, okay. Jeff Bridges Jeff is a goddamn saint. Oh, no. I'm thinking of your man out of, uh, you know, the guy from... The teacher from fucking Ferris Bueller. Oh, that guy's a pedophile. That yeah, guy's a pedophile. Yeah, yeah. But not that Jeff Bridges. Just no, not Jeff Bridges. Clear up. Jeff Bridges is not pedophile. Yeah, well, funny. I do my story now. Can I do my story? Yeah. Yeah, do your story. Okay, right. So We're excited. Wrestling. Okay. Wrestling. Wrestling. So my story today mm-hmm. is the story of uh, the killing of Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. So Bruiser Brody was a very famous uh, wrestler, a world famous uh, wrestler who was, uh, was active in the 70s and the 80s. And uh, now he wasn't, you know, you watch Bruiser your, what? Bruiser, Bruiser Brody. Brody. A good name. Yeah, Bruiser Brody. Like you want out with the distillers. I would have given him one. He was big. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like a big he man. He was a big dude. Big he dude. had share hair as well. He did have yeah, share hair. Yeah, he had share hair. Was he Adam Brody big? Was he Adam Brody big? Who the fuck is Adam Brody? Uh, who is oh, Adam who Brody? Is Adam who is Adam Brody from the OC? Sorry, who am I talking about? Who's the one I'm talking about? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> is he Adam Brody big? Tiny. <laughs> it's like five foot two. But do you know what? I'd give Adam Brody one. Really? Yeah. 
Anyway, go on, Colin, sorry. Anyway, yeah, uh, so well, I'll just describe what he looks like just so you can get a mental picture yeah, into your head. Yeah, thank so you. So basically, this fellow was six foot seven. Yeah. He was 300 pounds. He had a massive, massive beard down massive to his... Massive penis. He had a beard, a beard down to the navel. He had a big, big ass beard. Okay. And basically, he looked like a, a gigantic like Viking. He covered himself in animal skins and he was just crazy. And he used to swing a massive chain around his head. Ooh. And he was, um, he was feared. Like, he was, he was basically... Um, a real life a real life super a real life cartoon character yeah 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 and um, he was a wrestler that pe- people believed that this character was real you okay. know what I mean people really there thought that there, yeah, there you go so uh, for, for, like for anybody who doesn't uh, who, who who needs to know this is not a thing where oh, I think everything in wrestling is real no you know what I mean like like oh oh that's that's all fake you know all, all that crap it's not gonna be you that you love wrestling but I do but I don't think it's real I don't yeah think, he I, enjoys like, it for the spectacle I don't think EastEnders is real yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I am. Yes, I am. My son is in the kitchen <laughs> eating a biscuit. That's, a, that's an actual line from EastEnders. Sharon from EastEnders says that to somebody when they come in and they're pissing Sharon. off. Sharon. And then there's another line from First City where this uh, woman tells a seven-year-old to go and take her duvet off the bed. Because it's an awkward conversation happening. She goes, uh, uh, Joanne, uh, just go upstairs now and take the duvet cover off your bed. What no person tells a seven-year-old to do that? Anyway. Can do that and I'm going calling. So, yes, so basically, <laughs> um, how do you do this? <laughs> You're like Billy, the, the, the female versions of Billy Connolly. Like, I come back to the same. <laughs> what was he talking about again? <laughs> I don't know. We do this constantly. We do this constantly. So do you know what? He kind of looked a bit like, like a, a really, really angry, steroided up Billy Connolly. Yeah, he can't do it. Yeah, so that's the mental picture we, uh, we'll give to you. So anyway, basically, Bruiser Brody, famous uh, wrestler uh, right. all over America, uh, in Japan, and in Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico is going to be very, very important in the story Was later he Puerto on. Rican? He wasn't, but he wrestled a lot in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Essentially, uh, in the 70s and the 80s, but well, before that, but we're talking about the 70s and the 80s, uh, wrestling was divided up into territories in the United oh, States. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was the Memphis Territory. Yeah. There was the Dallas Territory. And... Uh, they all had, you know, different names and, and different And they all had all different managers, didn't they? There was different managers. And basically, they were all different organisations. Yeah. So they were all little, little miniature... Uh, like every state would have their own TV show that was on telly. And if you were, like, if you were in Missouri... You, you had your own you, wrestling federation. Yes, and, and they wouldn't see it in the next thing. So what a lot of wrestlers did was they would they would uh, stay six months in, in Texas. Yeah, right. And then they'd finish up there and they'd go to... Uh, so New York, which was the WWF. Right. Then they'd finish there and they'd go to... Uh, uh, they'd Peru. go back to... Yeah, they'd go to Puerto, Puerto Rico. Because Puerto Rico, <laughs> Puerto Rico is not Peru. But uh, basically Puerto Rico is, is one of the territories we're talking okay. about. So you know you have your WWF and... W, he was in WWF for a while, but he, right. he was never based in it. Oh, basically okay. this guy's massive over-the-top character wouldn't really suit the kind of, you know, the cartoon character vibe right. of the WWF. He was, he was more of a... He was, he was, he was just visceral. Okay. Um, okay. His so he wasn't were like, bloody. he wasn't like a joke. He was like, yeah. he wasn't like he was funny. He was like, oh my God, this guy's believable. Like they say on a, on a wrestling show, you have all your matches and in, in wrestling terminology, they have, they have one match where the two guys will work really, really stiff with each other. And that's like, you know, actually laying in their punches, not yeah. doing it. And they'll go out in the crowd. So they were like, oh, well, you know, we were watching that, but he was in the crowd and he was, you know, he decked him. That, you know, so it's definitely real. All right, so there's moments in those matches where shit's real, but it's like yeah. right in front of the spectator. Exactly. So and then there's, when they're further away, it's like we're just yeah. dancing a bit. Well, this guy had one uh, one uh, gear and it was just go. Like, and there's, okay. kill. Absolutely. There was, there's this guy, uh, he's going to feature big time later in the story called Dutch Mantel, and he said about Bruiser Brody he was like oh well Brody, me and Brody went up and down the roads for years and uh, we wrestled here and we wrestled here and we wrestled here the interview asked him well how many matches did you have and he said oh we never wrestled each other but why if you were friends because he kicked the shit out of me like oh. so he just laid in the stuff he did sounds he, like he me and Brody's a wrestler <laughs> exactly 100% I kicked the shit out of everybody he was I used to play wrestling with my brother God love him <laughs> <laughs> a couple of broken ribs and everything I just I just I like Pulled one of his ears so hard that it's permanently stuck in, his, <laughs> in the wrong position. Like, and I, when I pulled it, I heard it click, click and I continued to pull. <laughs> Colin and Pete used to fight like that, remember? We did, yeah. yeah. We used to make little wrestling videos. Yeah, they were amazing. We never made wrestling videos, but we used to bring down our duvet, put it on the floor on Sunday morning, and put just the sky like, on, and watch yeah. wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then be like, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> we used to make little wrestling videos, and when we watched them back, 
oh my god, our parents should be shot. <laughs> Same like, with Jesus Christ. There was one one particular wrestling match that I had with, with Alan Healy, who just had a baby. He just had a baby. Baby. Congratulations, Congratulations, Alan. Congratulations, Alan. What's the baby's name? Aidan? Uh, Aidan. 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 Beautiful baby. Congratulations. Uh, a, beautiful, a beautiful, bouncing baby a boy. A beautiful baby his, boy. His lovely wife, Tanya. So Did you ever give him a shot to the nuts? Uh, no, basically, right, we dug a hole. Yeah. I dug a massive, we dug a six-foot grave. <laughs> <laughs> You have to see these videos. Right the, uh, the point of the match was to throw your opponent into the grave, grave? which is fine. Like that, that would be fine, except for the fact that we decided we get uh, two baseball bats. I think it was a baseball bat and a hurl. Wrapped them in barbed wire. Stick brickets down into the top of them. Set them on fire and start swinging at each other. <laughs> oh while God. Alan was wearing a plastic screen mask. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Congratulations, Alan. So congratulations. Okay. Almost didn't happen at all. <laughs> so anyway, yes. So basically, uh, to get back to this. Um, uh, the object of, of wrestling is to simulate a legitimate physical contact, all the while providing intriguing stories and rivalries in which fans can invest and, of course, draw the biggest gates and make the most money. So Bruiser Brody, even though he didn't work in you know the WWF or the NWA at the time when wrestling was massive was a top draw as in he worked everywhere else around the world and everywhere he went to go people would flock to see him mm-hmm. like he was a huge star in Japan mm. because he'd go over and he was so much taller he was so much wider mm. and he was so much more intense he's than like what, a he, big presence exactly he was yeah. a huge presence so like this video I told you about this there's videos like online of him in Japan um, out in the crowd swinging a chain over his head and like the Japanese people in the audience are like scattering. They're, oh, they're shit. screaming, like actually screaming. Like he was, he was that much, that much of a presence. So because of that, he earned a shitload of money. Like he right. was really, really like. And the the higher up you are on the card, the more money you have, the more political right. power you have. Right. So that's basically what money, political power. And you know your place on the card, you yeah. know where you are as a like star. You can make a break. You can make a break with the wrestlers because you can be oh, like, you can wrestle against mm. me, and and that's basically how this murder com- comes up about. about. So yeah, Bruder Brody. Yes. Uh, his real name was Frank Goodish. 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 Which is Frank Goodish. So he was six foot seven, three hundred pounds, as I as I uh, said earlier on. Ideal man. Um, mm-hmm. and he had this crazy, <laughs> this crazy. Uh, uh, in persona. It might se- seem unusual, but he was actually a really, really uh, kind-hearted man outside of the room. Gentle. He treated as he was married twice, once only for a year when he was younger. Then he married his second wife and they were married from um, the, the early 70s until the end of his, his life. And he had a, a little son. And basically he... Everything that he earned, he sent back to his to his family. His Aww. his main goal was to was to make his his family, family. to solidify their generational wealth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, so basically, Brody's modus operandi is going from territory to territory, having these crazy violent matches, selling out arenas on the strength of people being uh, awestruck, uh, wanting to see him. And uh, the more violent matches, the more people come to see him. Uh, the more violent it is tonight, the more people will come tomorrow. Tomorrow. So the trick with a t- character like that is. He can't look weak. Okay. You know what I mean? If yeah. a guy half the size of him starts getting offense in on him, um, you know, it kills the illusion. So oh, okay. if he loses, it kills the illusion. So if, if Brody was to lose, yeah. he would leave that territory and go to somewhere else. Okay. Oh, so okay. basically, because of that, he had a reputation of a person that was very, very difficult to deal with. Um, and a really political creature. So he won. He was like, I want to win this. He was like, I can't. I, he was like, I can't lose. I can't lose. And if he had to lose, or if he was to be in a match where someone else would have to have a bit more offense, he would legitimately, physically kill them, brutalize them, just so he would look like an unstoppable character okay. on screen. So he'd constantly going to, to. So even if the other guy was told, "You have to win this," yeah, or you have to fight, he'd fight hard. No yeah, yeah. But no, he wouldn't even fight hard. He'd just absolutely beat the shit out of the out of the person. Like, and this is. What basically starts a chain reaction that ends up to him being murdered? Oh God! Okay. When he worked in the WWF uh, very, very briefly, um, that's the Vince McMahon organization, yeah. and he, he fought a guy called Jose Gonzalez in, in a match. So he was said to have beaten Jose Gonzalez so badly that another wrestler called uh, Special Delivery Jones brought him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Special Delivery Jones brought him as a Special that's Delivery to the uh, and said that. His head was the size of a pumpkin. Oh my uh, god! When Brody was finished with him, he and mangled so they, him. Yeah, and so they were waiting in the in the in the waiting room for the doctors to come. And Gonzalez looked um, St. Jones in the eyes and said, "One day I'm going to kill that man for doing that." Fuck. 
So basically, fast forward. Bobby in there. Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> Bucker Bailey looked like that after. Bucker Bailey looked like that before you, Bethany. <laughs> Come for me, Bucker. <laughs> Call me fat. You look like a pumpkin after it. <laughs> So basically, Jose Gonzalez ended up working in a territory called the WWC, which was the World Wrestling Council. And um, that was, the top star in the World Wrestling Council was a man called Carlos Colon. Good name. You might know Carlos Colon. He is Carlito's father. Carlito cool. Carlito is a wrestler who used to eat an apple and spit it in people's faces and go... <laughs> He said, I spit in the faces of people who aren't cool. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Yeah. So he was the top star and... Uh, one of the head bookers was um, a man called Victor Quinones. So okay. the three major players here are Jose Gonzalez, yeah. who's yeah. also a booker, Carlos Colon, who's the top star, yeah. and uh, Victor Quinones. They are the ruling faction in the WWC. Right. That's in Puerto Rico. That is in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Now, another big part owner in Puerto Rico is Gorilla Monsoon, who was a former WWF commentator. Right. Um, and he uh, was selling his uh, share in the company. Oh, now, okay. This has never really pr been proven to be true, but it's regarded as a huge catalyst in this story. Okay. Although it has never been 100% proved. Okay. But somehow a rumor was going around that he was selling. That Not that he was selling, but that Bruiser Brody was going to buy his share. Oh. Because Brody had, from wrestling in Japan, from wrestling he all over the money. world, he had money. And he wanted to move more into the, into the managing and more into... Yes, yeah, so you know, have to beat the be shit, get beaten up and beat the shit. Exactly, up. maybe move his family to Puerto Rico yeah. and, and just stay in, stay in one place. So this all comes to a head on one particular evening... In 1988, July 17th, uh, 1988, okay. uh, Brody is going over for a tour of uh, Puerto Rico okay. um, with other American wrestlers, Tony Atlas and Dutch Mantel. I know Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas. Is, he was a, a member of the Soul Patrol yeah. and his partner <laughs> was Rocky Johnson, who was uh, the Rockstad. Oh, yes, no way. Yeah. He was See, also the Rock has COVID. Yeah, I saw His that. Entire yeah, family yeah, has yeah, COVID. Yeah. It's but it's mad how many people in wrestling. Uh, it's very familiar, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nepotism. Yeah, it's crazy. That's for sure. Like even if you if you if you go with the Rock, his lineage. Like Roman Reigns is related to the yeah. Rock. Rikishi was related to the Rock. Rikishi is even like Yeah, yeah, but it's crazy. But they're all a, a part of a, a an extended family. An extended yeah. family. So essentially, um. This one day, you have Tony Atlas, you have Dutch Mattel, who was a wrestler, the Dirty Dutchman. He did matches down in, I would know him as a wrestler in Memphis. He was just a kind of a journeyman wrestler that wrestled all over, all over the place. And they went to uh, Puerto Rico for this match. Brody was supposed to wrestle Abdullah the Butcher, who was his big nemesis. Okay. Huge sold out house. Okay. And uh, the wrestlers are at the hotel. Now, for press uh, related stuff, Brody had been in the country for a little bit longer. And he had actually been driven around Puerto Rico by uh, Ho by Jose Gonzalez. Okay. Oh. Um, which is a weird little twist on the story as in uh, this week they apparently were getting on fairly okay. They were mates. So the first sign that there's something up here is uh, the three American wrestlers are waiting at the hotel. Okay. And Gonzalez hasn't showed up to pick up Brody. Okay. So they wait a little bit and they wait a little bit and they decide okay well Brody you can you can ride with us so the three wrestlers go to the go to the to the arena now town is packed the city of Bayamon is absolutely packed because there's a menudo concert going yeah. on so the it, there's a huge budget major wrestling event a major pop concert okay so the city is packed they all arrive fairly early to the to the uh, arena to the arena they walk in the door and they see Quinones and Cologne yeah. and Gonzalez in a huddle in plain sight, in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the dress of the dressing room. Okay. Um, which is fairly unusual for you know before before a match for like you know major players like that yeah, to be yeah. to be in a room. So they kind of think that strange enough again, and they they go about their business. Mantel goes off for a walk. Uh, Tony Atlas he liked to sketch to relax before the matches. He's sitting down sketching. He's an artist. He's an artist. He's actually very good. I watched a documentary, um, about this today, and he's actually a very very good artist. Oh cool. And uh, so. This is when it all starts to jump off. And I thought this is this as something that just happens before this all kicks off was really kind of got to me. And I got yeah. a little bit choked, choked up because um, Brody goes over to Atlas and sits down beside him and says, wow, that's a really good drawing. Uh, and he takes out this little picture of his son oh. that he brings everywhere. Oh. And he was like, 
if I give you this picture, will you, you uh, will you draw a picture? Like, absolutely, absolutely. So when they're discussing this, Gonzalez ushers to um, Brody to come over into the the, the the main no the the main shower the men's shower because apparently they used to go into the men's shower to discuss in private what was going on in the matches just the, the shower room they ushered okay. them in right. but Atlas uh, and another wrestler by the name of Savio Vega who I'm going to talk about later on um, noticed they both noticed that he had a towel in his hand who had now sorry uh, Gonzalez had a towel right. in his hand so they get they call over Brody right. Brody goes in yeah uh, there's a, um, and next thing not two seconds later uh, Atlas looks looks around because he hears this guttural scream this and he looks around and Atlas says in the interview that the first thing he thought was oh my god Brody is after attacking Gonzalez Gonzalez yeah uh, but he looked around and heard it again and this time he sees Gonzalez in the doorway <gasps> swinging a knife <gasps> so he's swinging this knife at, uh, at Brody Brody is buckled over and um, Atlas gets up grabs Brody around the, the waist and pulls him out pulls him out uh, every, all of the wrestlers get into a big huddle there's a big pull apart um, and essentially Brody goes down and he's bleeding out bleeding oh. out on the floor oh my god another this is another uh, crazy thing um, Atlas says in the interview this interview is uh, from a Dark Side of the Ring which was okay. a, a, a documentary that was released yeah. uh, very very recently and the opening and scene is set in uh, Mullingar Mullingar there's <laughs> a grave tone <laughs> absolutely but um, anyway that's so sad um, as he's lying on the floor yeah and as Atlas is there he keeps saying to Atlas don't let them hurt me anymore don't let them hurt me anymore oh, to Atlas oh. which is horrible um, so basically then Cologne comes over Carlos Cologne comes over right and Atlas gets up he's bent over them and uh, several people in the room have reported him saying, just take care of my wife, take care of my wife and kid, take care of my oh, wife and kid. Oh, fuck. Um, at that point, Gonzalez comes out, goes over to his bag, grabs his keys and just bolts. After fucking Le- stabbing this man in front of like how many people? Just leaves the arena. So they... There's there's bedlam, there's mayhem. They get him up onto a gurney. Apparently, it took like six guys to lift yeah, him. Yeah, because he was like, you're your pain. They called the poli- they called the uh, the the ambulance. They put him into it, and it takes them. It took forty five minutes for the oh, ambulance to arrive. Oh, there's so many people yeah, in these. It took oh forty five minutes for the ambulance to get across. Forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. And he's like bleeding out. So he's bleeding out. So they go to the. Uh, the emergency room. They go to the, the waiting room. Right. They're f- another half an hour waiting. Oh, in fuck. Uh, Atlas said he go. He was over and he found the only doctor that could speak English. And that doctor said, uh, he's like, he, this guy's been stabbed. He's bleeding out. And uh, the doctor said to him, oh, stabbings happen here all the time. So that oh, apparently... fuck. So at that point, he gets really ag- agitated with the doctor. And like... He says he lifted he lifted up the doctor oh, okay. and they carried him, him over. Up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and basically they saw that this guy and then they started to panic. They were like, this guy's on the way out. So um in the in the in the waiting room, they basically the, the nurse cuts off his his shoes. Right. Uh, when they cut off his shoes they see that his feet have gone blue. Oh my god. Um, this is awful. He they take him into the to the theatre. Atlas is waiting there after another maybe half an hour. The doctor comes out and says, okay, basically, um, the knife, th- there's two eight-inch knife wounds. Fuck. Uh, first cut into his uh, his uh, intestines. And the second one is basically cut his liver in half. Fuck, but dude. they have him stabilised. So essentially they say, listen, there's nothing you can do here. We're going to be working on this guy through the night. You know, you're best to go best Just to go, go home. home like- now, this is wrestling. So wrestling... In wrestling, there's a weird code. What time is it? Show's not over. He gets so back. He goes to the show. He gets back to the show. Who does? Sorry, Atlas. Tony Atlas goes back to the show. Fuck. Um, but he'd have to pick up his stuff anyway. But he goes back in, and, and when he arrives in, there's a crazy. There's just he said he says just the craziest scene, as in people are going on like nothing happened. As in there's still blood on the floor. Oh my god! What the hell? And people are acting like like nothing happened. And he goes in, and uh, there is a a couple of cops there. So, basically, the cop comes over to him and he said, did you see him? Atlas says, did you see who? Did you see the fan that stabbed Brody? (gasps) 
So Brody, so he starts shouting, no fan killed Brody, Gonzalez killed, killed Brody. And that's when he knows that Gonzalez was back in the locker room. Ready uh, had, to go re- and Ready perform? to go and just as, as in nothing had happened. What the so fuck? So there's a little bit of confusion at this point in the story. Uh, essentially, um, somehow he winds up in the ring for his scheduled match. He was back before he was supposed to go on Tony Atlas in the match. Right. He gets into the ring, he's wrestling the, the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik is a, he's an Iranian wrestler with a very particular voice. Uh, so he goes in and they're about to start wrestling and he's like, Sheik, I can't wrestle you. Um, Bruce Brody's been stabbed. So Brody goes, who fucking stabbed Brody, Baba? <laughs> Brody, kick God Brody. He gets st- who stabbed this man, Baba? <laughs> so they basically bail out and go back to the dressing room. I know it's terrible. Thing, while the wrestling? Kind of a, yeah, while the wrestling. They, they go out to start the match. Brody tells his opponent. Atlas, Sheik about, Atlas tells his opponent. Atlas tells his opponent this Sheik man, about this. The Sheik is bit in the Brody's they go back. But before they can get to the, to the dressing room, Wrestler I mentioned earlier, Savio Vega, yeah, yeah, uh, meets uh, Atlas, uh, has his bag with him, and says, "Gonzalez is looking for you. You need to leave." <gasps> so like, get the fuck out of here, kind of thing. So he gets out. He gets into a, a cab, and he he drives he drives off. And before he goes to the to the hotel, he has just it just comes over to him. I can't go, I, I can't go to the hotel. No, because Gonzalez knows where he it, is. So he essentially gets out of the car, right, he, and he spends the night on the beach. Sleeps on the beach. He sleeps on the beach. With, with this his is fu- after seeing his mate been stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially, our other, our next American wrestler that's there, um, Dutch Mantel. Yeah. He sees a lot of this going on. Uh, in his testimony, he said he just the one thing he didn't see was the knife. He okay. didn't see the knife, but he was pretty much he pretty much saw everything else. Right. And he was almost the person who was left to clean up all of this. Fuck. So he talks to Cologne. He talks to Quinones. He says they're saying my my friend was was stabbed by Gonzalez and they're like no no he was he's been stabbed by a fan he's been stabbed by a fan, so he goes back to the hotel room, and he rings Brody's wife, oh. and he rings Brody's wife and says I don't know what's happened here but uh, Frank is in hospital, um you 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 better you better come you better get here, yeah, yeah. so, um that's around maybe midnight so he goes to bed he can't sleep. He gets up at a, he gets up at eight o'clock in the morning, goes down to the thing and says, "I just want you to ring uh, the hospital. My friend Frank Goodish has been co- committed in, and unfortunately, the woman rings and said the doc- speaks to the doctor and they said Frank died during the night. Oh, so Frank fuck. died of his died of his wounds. Shit. So, um, at this point, the American wrestlers decide to call a meeting in the lobby of the hotel. A lobby of the hotel. So. Uh, however many American wrestlers and a few Puerto Rican wrestlers are in the lobby when Atlas comes back so Atlas had spent, the night the has spent the night in the beach and comes back in and sees the wrestlers say what are you doing here Frank has been stabbed to death Frank, Frank oh, is dead fuck. so basically so it's like what much. happened like who, who you know who, who, who happened him, and like, yeah. again Atlas is like Gonzalez I saw Gonzalez stab, stab him. him stab him stab him so basically they speak, and this I thought this was I thought this was crazy. Um, Gonzalez, as a wrestler, was called Invader One. Okay. Uh, he was in a tag team called the Invaders, and his tag team partner was Invader Two. Mm-hmm. So, th- the police are taking statements from the American wrestlers. Okay. And you never guess who's translating for the police. Who is Invader Two? Gonzalez's oh, tag team partner. Oh no! Fuck off. I found I I I was. Watched a lot of interviews today. And I, I had never known that. I never known that. I found that out today. So, so essentially, was, the American wrestlers were telling the police, and this guy was translating yeah. for his for Gonzalez, who was yeah. his friend. He was doing so, a bit of babbity. Bit of babbity. So basically, later on in the day, Brody's uh, wife and son arrives, and this is really, That's really, so really sad. horrible because uh, horrible, they meet Abdullah the butcher at the airport. Like I heard something happened to Frank. Where is he? Is he okay? And Abdul, Abdullah, who like you know. In real life, was was a very close friend of his, but on screen was his worst enemy. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. to tell his, his uh, Brody's wife. wife that he had passed oh, on. So fuck. the wife says at that stage she went out and she had to identify the body, of course, and she knew exactly what to do. And they actually had a small funeral, a small ceremony for him in Puerto Rico. They cremated him, right. and she brought him home uh, oh, from that. Holly, so, this is so sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, so this kind of blows over a little bit for a couple of weeks and all of the guys are there waiting you know what's going to happen when, when they're going to arrest this fucking murderer yeah, yeah. Um, 
the phone calls start going around a few weeks later um, that Gonzalez got off. So, of course, the kids are like, what do you mean Gonzalez got, got off? He, he was tried and he was, he was, he found. got off. He was found not guilty for self-defense. <gasps> so none of the American wrestlers, the only particular eyewitness eye wrestlers, were called. Um, None of them were called Mantel, to give statements. Mantel said he got uh, he got a subpoena in the post ten days after the trial had finished. Fuck off! Yeah. And they only found out about the trial through the through the the, the, the wrestlers' grapevine. Um, basically, the the Tuesday after the the murder, Gonzalez was arrested. Right. Um, he was. It said a a big business associate met his bail that evening. Oh my god! Now Fuck. between. Then on his trial, yeah, something must have happened because when they left Puerto Rico, the story was he had been murdered by, or Brody had been murdered by a fan. By a fan, right. Between then and the trial, it uh, this self, it, self this self defense comes. So there's um, there is a missing piece of the puzzle that we're that we're really not going to find out. Um, so basically, that's that's the story of 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 of. Of broke, of so he never got retried. He never got retried. He got away. No one. So at the end of it, it was like this guy was self defense. He murdered him. He said he said self defense, and basically everyone involved in it has been a pariah in the wrestling world for years. Uh, Carlos Colon was uh, put into the WWE Hall of Fame a few years ago, and this all dragged up again. Um, the internet is a gold mine of like I I must have watched hundreds of interviews about this. And wait, I ask it so. The fact that none of the wrestlers who witnessed this firsthand were called to the trial. Mm-hmm. See, this guy obviously had pull within. Oh, absolutely! The like Puerto Rico system. was was very very corrupt at the time. So clearly he had pull. So that's like, they were there, like, could have, there could have been mafia connections. There could have been anything there. You so, know, it was a huge part of of. That's so sad. Puerto Rican culture so and he, like a lot of business was wrapped up in the in the wrestling business. So his poor wife. Has gotten nothing. Nothing. Has gotten nothing. She just nothing. got to bury her mm. husband. Like it's interesting. Um, obviously, there's a lot of debate because you know you've got one story from a lot of people and one story from you know several wrestlers. And does anybody in the wrestling industry believe that a fan murdered him, uh, or I, that it was in self-defense? Does anybody? I have. I haven't come come across anyone. Um, there's a couple of interesting parts, after parts to the story. The wrestler Savio Vega, yeah, uh, that I was telling you about, he was he wrestled he wrestled for years in Puerto Rico, but he wrestled in the states for years as he first was a, a lower card wrestler called yeah. Quang, and then he was Savio Vega himself, yeah. and he was in a, a very famous faction called the Nation of Domination, um. So he was a very he he they did well in the states. He has spoken at length about it, um. He has said he has confirmed that he, that Atlas and Brody were sitting down. Discuss, Atlas was drawn. Yep. Um, what's McCollum went into the Brody went into the, the dressing room, saw Gonzalez with the with the thing wrapped around his uh, hand, saw the knife, um, heard that Gonzalez was going to was looking for a Brody, gave him his suitcase. He confirmed all of that. Right. Um I think the reason why he is the only one of the Puerto Rican wrestlers that was there yeah. to come forward is because all of those wrestlers, their whole livelihoods were dependent, were dependent on, on Quinones, Cologne. And, and they knew that. And, that's and they knew so that, frustrating. exactly. So for someone who came out of Puerto Rico that had no connections to... You well, know, he was making money elsewhere. Exactly, he exactly. He had no reason to, to, to still be like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Mantel's evidence as well is pretty much exactly the same. The only thing he misses out on is the, is the knife he says he, he, never, he, he never see, see he the never knife. saw the knife. The, the strangest one of the whole lot is Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the Butcher, obviously his best friend, as we said, one of his best friends, uh, but his, his fiercest rival had worked with him for years. Yeah. Um, all of those wrestlers say Abdullah the Butcher was at this meeting. Abdullah says, there was, A, first, first of all, he said there was no meeting. And second of all, he said, oh, well, if there was, I wasn't at it. And why would they, you know, invite yeah, me to yeah, it? Yeah. You know, I yeah. was involved with the booking. And, and so that's a weird part, Tip but it. I think... So he says he wasn't there, but other people say that he was. Other at that people meeting. put him at the place. But he wasn't the there when um, um, Brody got murdered. Do you know that more than I think? More than I think for it, he's probably in the in the other dressing dressing room because you have dressing room for the good guys and you have dressing room for the bad, bad guys. guys yeah. oh, because at okay. the time, especially in Puerto Rico, you couldn't see have good guys and bad guys sharing. Uh, and, so that's probably the, that's probably the easiest. And will thing. I ask you? Is this guy Brody? Is he talked about much? Oh, now he's, he's, within... he's regarded as an absolute legend. And is he in the Hall of Fame? I'd imagine he is. I'd say he'd be he'd be a first battle Hall of Famer at this stage. Brody. But um, 
So basically, you know your Mick Foley, your Terry Funk, all of those. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, yeah. The same vein. He's regarded as a as let's say a hardcore legend. Oh, dude! Razor uh, Brody's widow wasn't invited to his WWE Hall of Fame induction. Well, there you go. There's so much politics. Um, this. Her so story is really, really interesting. Um, the Triumph and Tragedy of Bruiser Brody, Wrestling's yeah. Rebel, is a, a book where I got a lot of my information about this. Cool. Uh, Barbara Goodish. And uh, that's really worth reading because there's a, there's a, there's so much. It's horrible. There's so much sad, into it. dude. And Absolutely. the fact that his poor family have no real outcome to this no. other than a Puerto Rican government co- or not sorry judicial system co- absolutely covering it up like that's it. Well, um, they I suppose the closure that they got from wrestling they, they never got justice for yeah for Frank yeah but um, let's say a couple of months later two months later uh, all Japan Pro Wrestling had a huge event Aww, in his honor in his honor that's very um, sweet and Barbara spoke at that is that his wife so his, his wife Barbara Goodish I'm just trying to think if there is there, there any other little little interesting tidbits about this case. It's so sad, but mm. like it's it, like that for like the fact Barbara that is just the arrogance get, like, of that man to bring him into a, a shower where mm. there are other wrestlers and stab mm. him to death and go to himself. I'm gonna get mm. away with this. Absolutely, that that, that was it. Like, like they, uh, the inter- the interesting thing about Cologne is, for a long time, Cologne's. Uh, involvement in this was questioned. Right. Uh, the, the big star, Carlos Colon, um, for the fact that he did get down on one knee at Brody and, you know, pr- promised to take care of Brody's wife and, you know, bits and pieces like that. Oh, did he? So the big question is, like, there's probably no question that Cologne was involved in the cover-up. Yes. But the big question is whether Cologne um, knew, he was knew it, it was doing it. Because apparently he was screaming at... Uh, Gonzalez afterwards. Oh really? So whether they were to shake him down, um, do you think whether it was to like scare him, but instead the guy, the uh, he went too far and, st- and killed him, or it's it's very hard to tell because their position was under threat. Right. Like yeah. if Goodish came in, there, and it wasn't even really because no one's confirmed that that rumor was yeah ever exactly no, like. Uh, and even if it was, who fucking cares? That's like the, it's that's business. The but you know, it was, I think there was enough to it mm. to. Force those guys into just, into some sort of action. Just to stab him mm. in front of his mates. Yeah, but it was it, so it was interesting because everything was very normal. Like you might say, calling him into the shower room was you know weird. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. That's, 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 that's what he did. The only strange thing, tr- basically throughout that whole day, was that Quinones or that that um, Gonza- Gonzalez didn't pick show. didn't show up to pick him up. That's fucking crazy. That was essentially it, and the famous. Huddle of Quinones, Gonzalez, and Cologne, Cologne when they went through. So. Toodle Bear. High five. That Good was job, great. Holly. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> we did. I lost my way in the middle, but you sure, didn't. we got back. It's fucking we got great back and insane. And uh, you kind of forget how much politics is. Oh, my God, absolutely. And how much goes on in mm. wrestling. Because people obviously think wrestling is like, oh, it's just, you know, mm. but like, there's so much politics mm. involved in it. So much. I think it, 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 the humanity. To the story as well, like you know that the guy. Oh, it's 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 a real it, it's it's a he hard one to take because of the. Sketching his kid yeah. and decided like come into the shower and fucking stop. Like the Atlas said throughout the whole thing, throughout the whole thing in the hospital and everything, he had that he was clutching that that little Picture photograph in his in his hand. Oh my god! Do you know what else so was really just... sad about him? He would have lived if they had gotten to. Oh, absolutely! Oh, one hundred percent, yeah. It was 100%. because it happened on a night mm. when they knew. And I'm sure your man fucking knew that as well. Oh, of course. Like, he Absolutely. knew. He was like, I'm going to do this tonight because there's so many people and there's so much going on. Like, and it's going to be borderline impossible for him to get to a fucking hospital. Now, so there's sad. a lot more. To, there was a lot more to that case. And I probably uh, left out a few bits and pieces. No, it's but, uh, that's the That's the basic gist of it. Um, oh, bro. It's very sad. Do you know what's good about this week? What? No women got killed. No women no. got killed this week. Yay! But still, very sad. A woman's That's heart awful. was crushed. <laughs> Sadly enough. So sad. And she wasn't invited enough. to the WWE Hall of Fame induction. This is it. And she was in town when it happened and she didn't know it was happening. And she found out on an interview because I just looked at her. Oh, what the fuck? Why would they invite her? I don't know because it, it, if it doesn't happen in WWE land, it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's such a weird it's not a, it's setup, not, it's I'd like a poster <laughs> of uh, Brody, Brody Bruiser. I was going to call him Bro- Brody. Bruiser Brody. <laughs> Bruiser Brody. Um, but with Japanese writing on it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it was funny because like he was, he was, he was like a foreign invader. He was like a foreign Godzilla. 
you know, yeah, because like, he's, he's a monster. He was, he was and so big. Like they had, like he was, he was in all sorts of Japanese advertising, as in they, they really, really were terrified of him. And that, he was that's an what added to, the, added to the. But legend. they obviously loved us. That's it, yeah. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Right, so that's the, the tragic story of Bruiser Thank you so much. That was so good. That was a great <laughs> job. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly, it was now really interesting. Like, you should do this every four mm. weeks. Because we don't want to work. Okay. <laughs> everybody, I, say, say um, I want to say everybody should write in and tell Colly that he needs to do more episodes. Yes, because he's great. Um, we don't have to do as many episodes. We don't have to do any work. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, last week's episode, I never said who gave us, who I got my references from. Oh. So, so Irish Times. There we go. Irish Times. Irish Independent. But it's always the fucking Irish Times. It's always the Irish Times because there are any people doing any fucking good work in this country. There are people hiring actual journalists. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. bye. Say bye, Colin. Say bye, Colin. He can go fuck himself because you know what? I'm fucking sick and tired. I've had it up to here. I'm fucking done with him. He big sweaty fucking useless bastard. He think he fucking owns me. He thinks he fucking owns the place. I'm not even fucking sure if they're his fucking kids. They look nothing like him. He can go fuck himself as far as I'm concerned. You know, you should just fucking leave and just need to just get out. Do you know what? Maybe I will. Fucking do. Maybe I'll fucking leave the cunts. What'll he do then? What'll he do? Be fucking laughing. Fucking, fucking use the sack of shit. Go off, get yourself a fucking guard, you fella. Actually, do you know what? I might get myself a fucking mat. Fuck him. We're doing it. Right, girls, let's go. And so it was written that the ladies put down their pots and pans set fire to the kitchen and told that useless, limp-dick, lying sack-of-shit husband that he was going to have to fend for himself for the first time in his miserable life. Men! We're so tired of men! We're done with Ben! Larry, Frank, and Ken! Fair, we've been treated unfair. We're sick of Dell, went up aware. Burn your brow, my sweet Lorraine. You're gonna be a feminist. Hairy legs, you must not shave. If you're gonna be a feminist. When they try to flatter you Grumble when they mansplain to you We should castrate them all And cancel football With these half-witted egotists And the dirty alpenuses Balls, especially their balls.